good evening or you know what hmm it's one in the morning so good morning renegades whoa okay that scared me I'm at work third shift so I don't like <laughs> I don't like being here right now sorry we have automatic uh, lights that shut off but I'm, I looked at it through the security camera screen and it looks so creepy when it turned on I was like no not today Satan <laughs> anyways today is another episode of Renegade Times I will be talking about uh, V one eye later on hopefully during the week maybe next week um, you know, for the pedophiles, because I haven't actually talked about anything like that in a very long time. I haven't added anything to that segment. So yeah, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, feel free to uh, drop a message in the links below. Say hi to me and all that stuff. Oh yeah, and I also have a treat. Um, you get to know a little bit more about your host um, later on in the segment, so... Let's go straight into politics. Before I even um, talk about this, I just want to say something really quick. Um, my thoughts and prayers go out to um, the 19 children that has lost their lives down in Texas. Um, and the two adults, two teachers that, um, were gunned down. Um, I only have heard of it. I will be learning about what actually happened and the details of it, uh, with you if you haven't actually been informed. So, um, but yes, my, my deepest condolences and my heart goes out to the families of those little ones that lost their lives. No parent should ever lose their child, especially, especially like that, like in any way, to be honest. That is um, a very morbid way to lose anybody. It, it's not okay. And it, it bothers me that it happened this has a lot of similarities to Sandy Hook, um, but I just wanted to first give my condolences to the people that are um, dealing with the loss of their children that never came home. This comes from AP News since um, I love Daily Wire, but Daily Wire likes to make things very, very political because it is a political app. But um, I wanted to get the full story and I didn't want to get other stories that were attached to it. So uh, we're going to talk about this. Uvalde, Texas, frustrated onlookers urged police officers to charge into the Texas elementary school where a gunman's rampage killed 19 children and two teachers. Witnesses said Wednesday um, as investigations worked to track the massacre that lasted upwards of 40 minutes and ended when the 18-year-old shooter was killed by a border patrol team. Um... Hang on. My foot's falling asleep. <sighs> go in there, go in there. A nearby woman shouted at the officers. Soon after the attack began, um, said Juan Carranza, 24, who saw the scene from outside his house. Across the street from Rob Elementary School was a close-knit town of Uvalde. Uh, Carranza, Carranza, sorry, um, said the officers did not go in. 
Javier uh, Cazares, whose fourth grade daughter, Jacqueline Cazares, was killed in the attack, said he raced to the school when he heard about the shooting, arriving while police were still gathered outside the building. Upset that the police were not moving in, he uh, raised the idea of charging into the school with several other bystanders. So, that really angers me. See, I understand why some people don't like the police, and I understand why some people like the police. It just depends on how educated and how well-trained a policeman is in order to deal with certain things like this and they should be well-trained because it basically costs these kids their lives and I that pisses me off um I can't imagine um why were they just standing there Let's just rush in because the cops aren't doing anything like they are supposed to, he said. More could have been done. Uh, they were unprepared, he added. Yeah, yeah, that that is very obvious. The If this is true, I'm not saying that it's not. Um, that I hope everyone on that team that decided to go just stand there like idiots outside the school get fired because... Uh, mm -mm. To me, a policeman is someone that puts their life on the line for others. And if you're well-trained enough, you won't die. You know, I... That just upsets me. I can't stand that. Minutes earlier, Carranza um, had watched as Salvador Ramos crashed his truck into... A ditch outside the school grabbed his AR-15 style semi-automatic rifle and shot two people outside a nearby funeral home who ran away uninjured. So, okay. Salvador Ramos. We're gonna, hopefully, since this happened very recently, I don't know if there's gonna be a lot of information on this person, but I'm gonna try to find out later on but um let's see officials say he encountered a school district security officer outside the school though there were conflicting reports from authorities on whether the men exchanged gunfire after running inside he fired on two um arriving Yvald police officers who were outside the building, said Texas Department of Public Safety spokesperson Travis uh, Considine. Um, the police officers were injured. So that's why they were afraid to go in. Um, after entering the school, Ramos charged into the classroom and began to kill. He barricaded himself by locking the door and just started shooting children and teachers that were inside the classroom. <sighs> Lieutenant Christopher Olivares of the Department of Public Safety told C I don't care about CNN. CNN can go. Mm. Um, it shows you the complete evil of the shooter. All those killed were in the same classroom, he said. Um, Department of Public Safety Director Steve McCraw told reporters um, that 40 minutes um, to an hour elapsed from when Ramos opened fire in the school security uh, on the school security officer to when the tactical team shot him. Um, though the department spokesperson said later that they could not give a solid estimate of how long the gunman was in the school or when he was killed. Okay. Um, the bottom line is law enforcement was there. They did engage immediately. Um, they did contain Ramos in the classroom. Yeah, after he killed basically the whole classroom. 
Meanwhile, a law enforcement official uh, familiar with the investigation said the Border Patrol agents had trouble breaching the classroom door and had to get a staff member to open the room with a key. Meanwhile, law enforcement... Aren't law enforcement actually supposed to be trained in order to kick down a door? Why did you have to be a pussy and ask for the faculty for a key? Sorry, I'm gonna. I'm at work, so um, I can't say certain things that I want to right now. Okay, the official spoke on the condition of anonymity because he was not authorized to speak publicly about the ongoing investigation. Um, I did also just hear from the. Um, news from like the TV being on at work that this man also like the shooter also shot his grandmother in the face we live in a very messed up world right now and I want to say so much and I know some people will take it the wrong way trust me it's just me talking, it's just me expressing what I feel may or may not happen after this. Um, the Democrats are definitely going to be blaming Republicans because Republicans believe that we have the right to bear arms. They're gonna try to take away our guns, which, to be honest, I don't like the idea of guns, but I do like the idea of you protecting yourself. But when it comes to mental health, people need to understand that you can't own a gun when you're mentally ill. I, people need to crack down on that. Look at the medical records. Look at the mental health history. Do they have that in the family? Do they show any signs? That should be cracked down upon. Big time. Um, I lost my train of thought. Give me a second. This, unfortunately, because we have seen this with Sandy Hook. They take the situation, they take it very delicately first. Definitely. They, they will put... Uh, memorials on TV and everything and that is perfectly okay to do that is wonderful to do but later on it will end up being dissected for politics and that is to me very sick um, they're going to end up making this a very political situation and I don't think it should be a political situation I understand that, you know, there is a political side or there is something there that people can find and make it political, but these are children's lives. Don't, don't politicize them. Uh, another thing is that police, the police are probably going to get more and more hate because of this, because the people at the, um, I'm sorry, the officers at the school did nothing. They basically did nothing. They forgot their training, if they even were trained. Um, they were not tough enough at all in order to deal with the situation. And... I live in a family full of military people, and they would not let that happen. They wouldn't let these children die. These 19 children die. Um, I believe that the outcome of something tragic like this counts on 
the reaction time of people, of um, first responders, of policemen. And I don't think that they reacted very quickly or very well in this situation. And I'm very disappointed in that. I also believe that it's not just... I, I wouldn't say it isn't um, the policeman's fault. Like, all the police that were there, the police team that was there, of course it's their fault. They should have reacted, but they didn't. They were too scared because their two of their buddies got shot. Um, I feel like the way we educate people now are, is, is so weak when it comes to training and and learning and everything everything has been watered down now because of the climate that we're in um, I believe that people who I don't know how to explain it it's the climate that we're in like this day and age people don't want to learn they just want to have the job title to make themselves look good um, and then when something terrible like this happens, they're unprepared and they end up being the villain. I hope, I really hope that this police team stays awake at night. They don't need to be sleeping peacefully in their beds. Speaking of Democrats politicizing the deaths of these children, Obama, Barack Obama, yeah, I didn't, I didn't stutter. Barack Obama um, has decided to be a dick and um, say something very insensitive. I mean, to be honest, I'm not surprised. He is a garbage person. He's a trash person to me. So. Let's just talk about it. Obama slammed for invoking George Floyd after school tragedy, one of the worst tweets in history. Yeah, I agree. Um, former Democrat President Barack Obama faced backlash online Wednesday afternoon after he invoked George Floyd, excuse me, um, following the school shootings that happened on Tuesday in Texas. Obama's remarks came after an 18-year-old Latino male stormed Rob Elementary School in Uvalde and opened fire in or on students, killing at least 19 children after or before um, a nearby U.S. Patrol border agent rushed into the building and killed the police. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus. Killed the suspect. Um, as we... So this is his tweet. As we grieve um, the children of Yvald today, we should take the time to recognize that two years have passed since the murder of George Floyd under the knee of a police officer, Obama tweeted. His killing stays with us to this day, especially those who loved him. Why you gotta mention his name? He has nothing to do with this at all. Yeah, he was killed by a police officer, and that officer, I don't know, did he even get time? I don't even know. I stopped paying attention after everybody started politicizing this man. Even his family cried out and said, stop. So why does Obama continue? Why do why does he have to continue to politicize this man's name after he is gone? I don't understand that. And it's and it's going to happen to the, all these children. These children are going to be politicized. They're going to be the faces of politics later on and I mean this is how the system works. It sucks and I hate it, but this is how the system works. And I, I just can't. It makes me sick. Obama continued by promoting his leftist My Brother's Keepers Alliance, 
which seeks to force police departments to reimagine policing. You you mean like being little pussies and staying outside the, you know, school? Having the border patrol policemen come in and save the day? Yeah, it worked, dumbass. Okay. I'm done. I'm done with this. There's more to it. It's just a, a conversation with Ben Shapiro and somebody that he's interviewing. So well, I don't want to. I don't want to read it. You know what? Speaking of dumbasses, we have our raisin mother, freaking president. Excuse me. Like I said, I gotta watch my mouth right now. <laughs> but our president, Pedo Joe, let me sniff your hair, Pedo Joe, um, has decided to do something maybe even more stupid or equally stupid. Who knows? You know, I mean, he is best friends with Obama and he has probably, you know, given him some, if you know what I mean, a hate. I hate elite Democrats. I really do. Dumb as hell. How? Are we letting idiots like this in the office? I don't understand. I miss Trump. I really do. Biden slammed for remarks on school tragedy. Disgraceful moment to make inappropriate gun joke. Democrat President Joe Biden was slammed late on Tuesday after he politicized the tragedy that occurred earlier. Of course he politicized it. He has to because he's a Democrat and he's losing. So, the tragedy that occurred earlier in the day at a school in Uvalde, Texas. Um, the number of children killed in the Robb Elementary School tragedy climbed to 19 late on Tuesday after the 18-year-old male. We are, we know that, okay. The Daily Wire is not naming the suspect due to the company policy about not giving notoriety to mass murderers. I agree. I like that. Um, Biden wasted no time politicizing the tragedy as he called for the nation to stand up to gun to the gun lobby and do what we all know our gut needs to be done what I read that wrong excuse me he said to stand up to the gun lobby do what we all know in our gut needs to be done Biden said um, that the notion that an adult could walk into a gun store and buy two modern uh, sporting rifles was just wrong, okay? What in God's name do you need an assault weapon for except to kill someone? Biden falsely suggested. Biden then seemed to try and crack a joke during remarks saying, deer aren't running through the forest with Calvar vests on, for God's sake. <sighs> this man needs to be in um, a nursing home by himself. No nurses to take care of him and no children to touch. Just take him to an abandoned nursing home, lock him in there, and just leave him be. Just leave him be. You know what? Actually, paint it and make it look like the Oval Office, his room. Just, just to make him think that he's still the president. This dude needs to just not be around anymore. I don't, I don't even want to like say anything drastic. Like I don't want him dead or anything. Just have him like not around. Have him disappear from the face of the earth. Have him just locked up in an old nursing home. 
and no one knows about in a straight jacket where he can't leave. Like, the man makes no damn sense. For God's sake, we have to have the courage to stand up to the industry. Biden, the most powerful man in the world whose political party controls the entire U.S. federal government, said, Why are we willing to uh, live with this carnage? Why do we keep letting this happen? Where in God's name is our backbone to have the courage to deal with it and stand up to the lobbies? I don't know, Biden. I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't know. I could say maybe, just maybe, you should start funding things that actually matter, like mental health facilities, in order to actually help people and keep people from doing stuff like this. I live in a city where mental health is very rampant and they have little options. They have little, very little places where they can actually get help. You don't want to help them. You want this to happen. Honestly, I don't even know what you want, Biden. I really don't. I don't think you know what you want because you're so old and decrepit that you probably have dementia. You probably don't even remember making that damn joke. Biden was slammed on cable news and on social media for his remarks following the tragedy. The President of the United States, frail, confused, bitterly partisan, uh, desecrating the memory of the recently murdered children with tired talking points of the Democratic Party dividing the country in a moment of deep pain rather than uniting. Fox News host Tucker Carlson said. <sighs> Cry me a river, Joe. Just like Barack did in front of TV cameras every time innocent kids were shot dead. Political commentator Ajit Dada said, uh, you're all essentially two sides of the same coin because you were to really act on it. How would you ever champion this issue again? Political strategist Andrew Suburbane um, wrote, bodies are still warm and Joe rushes to politicize the tragedy and the record time. What did I just say? I already predicted this and I'm just starting to read this. Biden was especially hit hard for making the joke during the, his remarks. Why is he always making this stupid, nonsensical joke? Um, especially after a tragedy like this, Alan Bayer, an IT system security and forensic specialist, wrote on Twitter. What is wrong with this guy? He doesn't know what he's talking about. I feel like he's not even a real person to this, like, at this point. He's just a puppet. Joe Biden cannot help but use that stupid, lazy, inappropriate gun joke about deer in Calvar vests. Radio host Jason Rance tweeted, What a disgraceful moment in this inappropriately political speech. But yeah, he's the unifier in chief. The goal of Deer and Calvar is to get you to chuckle and then agree with his bad faith point. Did he want you to chuckle today? So disgusting. Yeah, yeah. They don't care. This is, this is literal proof that elites in general, whether Republican or Democrat, do not care about you. They don't. Okay, I have to say this very quickly. Um, I have also been informed that the policemen were actually shooting 
and killing the concerned parents that wanted to go in and save their children. Take that information however you like. Um, I believe that this is planned. This was planned from the beginning. How else would you explain Obama and Biden um, laughing at the whole thing? They don't care about you. Listen, I would talk about some news that would actually give you peace. I don't know if you guys would even like that or how you guys would even react if I started talking about something a little lighter after this. Um, I don't know if that would be disrespectful or not. But um, I don't want to leave the episode this short either. So I am going to probably add some other things to this episode. So we have the middle part of this episode where I just find interesting things to talk about and read and everything. Um, I know some people will appreciate me finding a lighter subject to talk about. Some people might not like that. Um, but I am going to talk about it just because I know that some, a lot of people would probably like to take a breath right now. So that's what I'm going to do. Okay, I found some stuff to talk about. Four common tactics of psychological manipulators. Recognize the methods that manipulators and narcissists use to gain control. Psychological manipulation is a pre- or is a prevalent tool used by- Excuse me. Give me a second. Used by individuals with narcissistic tendencies. Its power lies in how easily it can go unnoticed while uh, simulate simultaneously being um, a devastating method of control. The key overcoming this type of abuse begins with understanding how to manifest why can't I talk manifest in daily relationships and interpersonal interactions. Recognizing common manipulation tactics. Though the most effective way to extinguish narcissism from your life is to avoid all forms of communication and interaction with that person. There are times when this is not possible. What do you mean it's not possible? Like, okay, I can understand, like, if that person is your boss and you love your job, but he makes it, that person makes it, like, very, very hard to work. I can understand. I can't. But it's, if it's a family member or a friend, go ahead and cut that limb off. You don't need it. Blood does not make you family. Heck no. Family members can be much more um, toxic than even friends or people that you work with. So if you got toxic family members, don't feel bad about cutting them off. They're not your family anyways, especially if they don't treat you with respect. To protect yourself as much as possible from being hurt, being able to identify the most common tactics of psychological manipulators and uh, narcissistic narcissists is crucial. Um, taking advantage of intimate relationships. Psychological manipulation thrives in intimacy. It is a close, uh, familiar way of using others that requires vulnerability to work well. Because intimate relationships come with a level of vulnerability, they are perfect breeding ground for this form of manipulation. Many psycho psychological manipulators are family members, close friends, 
for romantic memories. I heard a noise. Sorry about that. These relationships give them the opportunity to build trust and later use that trust as a stepping stone to abuse. In order to take down or take advantage of someone, manipulators must have a solid understanding of that person's weaknesses, worries, and personal history. Perfect method of re reconnaissance is um, spending some spending some time observing, taking notes, and learning how to manipulate someone from the inside perspective of an, in, an intimate relationship. Why is it so hard for me to read today? <laughs> um, this type of abuse forms slowly and manipulators will often test the waters in close relationships before they launch a full attack, trying to trying out different approaches to see how successful they are is usually the starting point depending on the outcomes they will either scale back and try a new method or they will begin using what has proven effective but on a much larger scope projecting blame psychological manipulators rarely, if ever, take responsibility for their actions to their victims. To do so would damage the credibility and cause doubt in the abusive relationship. Uh, most manipulators will adopt the self-righteous attitude to their victims, um, let's see, often centered on how they have been wronged by that person in some way, and they will typically um, excuse their behaviors as retribution for how they have been treated. Uh, their golden rule is simple. If you don't give me what I want, I am entitled to treat you any way I choose. That sounds very familiar. Uh -uh. I, I, <laughs> toxic family members, they suck. Um, healthy relationships are based on a give and take. When hurt occurs, both sides examine how they may have contributed and take accountability for those actions. In an abusive relationship, the victim is forced to, into a position of being the cause for all that is wrong. Blame is projected onto that person for every problem in the relationship, including the manipulative behaviors of their abuser. Refusing to take responsibility um, keeps manipulators in their safe zone. Um, if their victim is somehow labeled as responsible for the abuse, either due to a made-up reason for an actual situation, the manipulator grants themselves permission in their own eyes and often in the eyes of the outsiders to exert power and control over that person. I've seen this so much in friendships and even relationships before I got married. Um, this is actually what they do. They will make you feel bad until the point where you say sorry even though it's their fault. Um, this tactic produces twofold results. The abuser gains sympathy from others and how they have been mistreated and they are suddenly gifted with a blank check to treat their victim however they choose. From that point forward, the psychological manipulation can be excused as a natural reaction to their own feelings. Um, this also puts immense pressure in vict on victims to conform, and in the long run, it can produce devastating effects on their self-image. Yeah, people don't realize how, like, manipulation 
anybody who's been manipulated like a husband or a wife or anything like that if you've been psychologically abused you change physically it is amazing how um someone who is under that um spirit i will say spirit just because i believe that this is a spirit but people who are under that hand under the hand of that spirit they don't look like themselves they don't look at all the same as they ever like they did before they're not happy they might not take care of themselves as much and stuff like that it is it's scary different like compared to someone who was not in that relationship and then after that relationship it's like two different people it's crazy um i know that because i came from a toxic home um i wish you guys could really see my face because uh i think you would agree too but i choose not to show my face um violating boundaries now this is something that <laughs> happens a lot in uh like my side of the family you cannot keep secrets but anyway um psychological manipulators despise boundaries ultimate goal is power and control and firm boundaries interfere interfere greatly with that goal to that end they become skilled in testing violating others boundaries excuse me um usually starting with small limits and working their way up as they become more accomplished in a well-functioning relationship both parties will be able to set and communicate their limits to each other while trusting these will be respected um when it comes to psychological abuse the opposite is true um this expectation becomes am i even recording oh, okay i am i'm so sorry i didn't get the notification that it was recording the expectation becomes no boundaries if victims attempt to intervene in the process by resetting boundaries it's often treated by the abuser by being disloyal or disrespectful everyone has their boundaries even in marriage you have to have your boundaries it's just the way it is if you want someone to feel safe they have to have boundaries manipulators ensure that this is a slow burn process they subtly or by subtly testing what works and what does not they will learn how to cross others boundaries without being stopped um once they become proficient their boundary violations will change as well they will transform into overt behaviors that if taken out of context would shock their victims however because of how slow the build up and preparatory phase many victims never see the violations coming gaslighting the gaslighting they love to do this this is one of their favorite weapons psychological manipulators are masters at getting others to question their own reality this often occurs in the form of telling blatant lies that border on unbelievable or con- countering a victim's memory of events that's happened to me too uh when paired with the abuser's um refusal to accept responsibility for their actions this technique can be destructive 
gaslighting can be difficult to pinpoint because a gradual process that undermines the sanity of its victims. See, many of the individuals um, who use the tactic work very hard to convince their victims they are too sensitive or are making a big deal out of nothing. Yep, heard that before. Because these types of manipulations tend to snowball, as abusers see their success, they can lead to a damaging cycle. Um, an important dynamic of gaslighting is that many victims will align their perception to fit their, their abusers to avoid conflict or loss of the relationship. This per protective defense mechanism based on power and control reinforces the cycle that leads the exponential destruction in the end. The first step for victims. Psychological manipulation is harmful in many ways um, and on many levels. Notability, I'm sorry, Jesus. Notably, um, the doubt and dependency it can create in its victims, these effects can last years after the relationship has ended. And many experts view these experiences as a form of chronic trauma. Recognizing comic tactics, common tactics uh, of psychological manipulation can provide a warning signal to intervene, uh, potentially reducing pain in the long run. In situations more victims are unable to stop all communication with manipulators, it can also be a vital step in preserving their mental uh, well-being. Yeah. I think it's time to take a break. So for those of you who actually took the Myers-Briggs test, I don't remember which one I am, but I do know that I'm the same personality type as Tom Hills. And I'm not saying that because I'm a fan, I actually know. Because <laughs> they actually like put down like the people who took the test, like the celebrities that took the test and stuff like that, so Tom Hiddleston and I have the same personality. That's awesome. Anyway, there are also dark sides to every Myers-Briggs personality. So let it, let's go and find that out, because I find that interesting. Dark side of Myers- uh, of every Myers-Briggs personality type. So I think the ENFJ is up first. So let's just I hate pop-ups. Give me a second. The dark side. The dark side of ENFP. ENFPs are always on the lookout for new ideas and possibilities. They see potential in everything and everyone, and they naturally look for ways to improve upon what already exists. Sincerity is a must for this type, and they strive to be as real and authentic as they can with people. Um, living in accordance with their own ethics um, is important. They may question and uh, the pre-established uh, societal rules of the day, but they will be true to their individual code of conduct. Um, at their best, ENFPs are versatile and imaginative, resilient, and visionary. They see patterns and connections that others are blind to and are often catalysts for positive change in the world. 
deeply insightful and they create opportunities for others to grow and develop in ways they never could have through, um, you know, that they couldn't think possible. Okay. Um, the in immature uh, ENFP. So when ENFPs are mature or uh, balance their need for inspiration with real life practicality and consistency, they can become flighty, um, disconnected from reality and unable to follow through on um, their commitments. They can also become judgmental of anyone who doesn't align with their own idea of what's right or what's wrong. Um, it's hard for ENFPs to take criticism when they're at an immature level of growth. They will usually um, resent criticism or try to argue their side of the story relentlessly. Yeah, okay. ENF ENTP. So here we go. If ENT... I'm sorry, Jesus, ENTP, <laughs> uh, don't mature or grow as individuals. They can become manipulative, self-centered, and insecure. They tend to argue for the sake of it and take pleasure in dis or deconstructing other people's ideas just to prove they are smarter. Sounds like a narcissistic trait, but I'll give your uh, personality type the benefit of the doubt. When they, okay, ENFP, I think this is what I am, but I don't know. Um, it sounds familiar. Um, when they are unhealthy, ENFPs become disillusioned or stuck in their ways. They may withdraw from the world and become isolated, or they may act out in destructive ways. Their idealism uh, can turn into criticism or cynicism and their values may become inflexible. Okay, the ENTP or the INTP. Don't pay attention to me right now. I think I'm half asleep. <laughs> um, it's almost three in the morning. <laughs> Um, when INTPs are unhealthy, they can become obsessed with theoretical problems that have no practical applications. They may withdraw from the world and become lost in their own thoughts. They may also become critical, condescending, and unproductive. That's the INTP. Let us see here. The ENFJ. Why does that one sound familiar too? I can't have both. Uh, when ENFJs are unhealthy, they can become extremely focused on other people's problems to the point where they forget their own needs. They can become codependent enablers or rescuers. They may try to control those around them in an attempt to keep the grace or the peace. Sorry. ENTJ. Let's see. When an ENTJ is unhealthy, they can become domineering and manipulative. Uh, their need for control can lead them to uh, micromanage those around them and bulldoze over people's objections. They may also become workaholics who neglect their own physical and unemotional or emotional needs. Um, in favor of meeting goals. The INFJ. So, when they're unhealthy, INFJs can become withdrawn and out of touch with the world around them. Rather than putting their insights to good use, they tend to isolate themselves and become lost in their own private world. In these states, uh, they can lose touch with reality and live uh, in their heads to the detriment of their relationship and goals. 
Um, the INTJ dark side. I don't even know if I'm repeating these. They all sound the same to me. Um, when they're unhealthy, INTJs can become aloof and abrupt, uh, withdrawing from uh, others, and they also tend to become stubborn and unmovable. Um, overlooking facts that don't align with other intuitive vision. Um, instead of being curious and understanding, unhealthy INTJs appear arrogant and critical. The ESFP. When they are unhealthy, they become reckless and irresponsible. They may engage in risky behavior or make impulsive decisions without thinking about the consequences rather than um, being empathetic and helpful. Unhealthy ESFPs become self-centered and manipulative. The ESTP. The ESTP, when they are unhealthy, they become impulsive and reckless. They may focus so much on excitement and activity, they uh, lose track of their responsibilities or the consequences of their own actions. And when operating at this level, they fail to keep com commitments or meet deadlines and come up with excuses instead of taking responsibility. Let's see, the ISFP. ISFPs are unhealthy, they can become withdrawn, self-critical, they may have difficulty dealing with conflicts and tasks that need to be done. They can become highly sensitive to what others think of them and they may avoid um, social interactions altogether. <sighs> the ISTP. When ISTPs are unhealthy, they can become cynical and negative rather than interacting with the world. They withdraw their energy and become isolated. They may become um, overly critical of others and, and fixate on the negative aspects of life. During these times, they can appear critical, aloof, and sarcastic. Let's see, the ESFJ. They can become clingy and needy. They may have difficulty being alone or handling rejection. Additionally, they may become overly involved in other people's lives and problems because their values are so important to them. They can be uh, inflexible and judgmental when someone strays from their idea of what's appropriate or right. ESTJ. When they are unhealthy, ESTJs become domineering and overbearing. They may try to control those around them and um, micromanage every aspect of their lives. Additionally, they may become inflexible and res resonant to change or resistant to change. Um, let's see, because they value stability and highly. Uh, anything that disrupts it can be difficult for them to deal with. ISFJ When they are unhealthy, they become overly sensitive and withdrawn. They may constantly worry about the well-being of others and put their own needs on the back burner. The ISTJ. I feel like I'm repeating some of these, but I'm just going down the list. Um, when they are unhealthy, they can be inflexible and stubborn. They may be resistant to change and quick to judge others uh, who don't meet their high standards. Additionally, they may struggle with fear and anything new or different. And that's the end of that. That was a lot.
I'm really sorry. Um, I know we have at least one more like thing. I usually do a full episode. I try my best to even like to get to world news, but I don't have any energy anymore. So I'm gonna have to cut this short. So thank you so much for listening. I will see you in the trenches next time. Thank you so, so, so much.